0: From my dining table or my living room couch, and sometimes even my bedroom, this is Soon To Be Esquire, the podcast. I'm your host, Madison Tory. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the very first episode of the very first season of Soon to Be Esquire, the podcast. Once again, I am Madison Torrey, the host of this podcast here. First of all, I hope that you went ahead and followed us on our Instagram page at Soon to Be Esquire, but also make sure that you are subscribed right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even Spotify, wherever you may even listen to your podcast. Make sure that you are listening, okay? Um, This episode, we have a very special treat for y'all, so just sit back, relax, and listen. And for this episode, I have a very special treat for you all. This is going to be a two-part series Um, The first part of this is going to be about a recap of 2L year, so I have invited some very special guests, and they are some exceptional students and um, other women of color. And so on this two-part series, you're going to be first hearing about a recap of 1L year, and then the next part is going to be about preparing for 2L year with some other guests that I have. So, just sit back, relax, and listen. And first, I will have Michaela Graves introduce herself.
1: Hi, everyone. So, my name is Michaela Graves, like she mentioned. I am originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and, like Madison said, we attend the um, Loyola University College of Law in New Orleans. Um, Got my bachelor's and master's in political science um, with a focus in international relations. Um, And I'm 25 years old. So I'm I'm really happy to be in this position and
0: share my 1L experience with you guys. Yes, yes, yes. And Rebecca Desta is the next amazing woman that I have with us.
2: Hi. So as she said, my name is Rebecca Desta. I um, am from St. Louis, Missouri. I graduated with my bachelor's in psychology and I got a minor in sociology from the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Um, And as she said, I will be a 2L at Loyola University, New Orleans College of Law as well. I'm excited to be here.
0: Y'all, that is crazy. We're really about to be some 2Ls. Like (laughs) So crazy. Oh my (laughs) god! I remember last
1: so (laughs) much. And it's, like, I feel like a pro now. Like, things have changed right. so much <laughs> since uh, one Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really is crazy. I mean, after this first semester, we're going to be halfway done. <laughs> halfway done. That's crazy to me. Oh, my gosh. It's weird because I remember last year, both semesters, I was like, man, the time's going by fast. Like after, you know, after the first month, after the second month, and then after the first semester, I'm like, oh, that went by fast. But when you're like in the moment, when you're really in it, I felt like it was going by so slow. Yeah. Just because of all the readings we had to do and the studying, there was so much we had to fit in, you know, into 24 hours in a day that some reason I felt it was slow. But I mean, just looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, it feels like it was just yesterday.
1: Yeah, you know, I oh think about God. how fast undergrad went by and that was mm. four years. So I'm like, I'm and then graduate school was two years. So I'm like, if that flew by, I know this three years of law school is probably gonna fly by and be over before we know. I that. feel like
2: we were so busy too that like time just Definitely. passed and we
1: didn't even notice. And all of a sudden it was like,
0: oh, it's over. So Rebecca, I will start with you first. Um, let us know what is your why? You know, why do you want to become an attorney? Why are you in law school?
2: Um, so for me, so I grew up right next to Ferguson, Missouri, which is, of course, where my ground was killed. And so um, at the time, you know, I went to the protests, I went to sit-ins, I signed petitions and with the hope that we would see justice. But the system unfortunately failed us yet again. And I just started to become really frustrated. And this wasn't a new issue, of course, but it definitely just hit home for me after it happened right there. Um, And so that incident definitely just sparked my passion for social justice. And about two years later, I felt like I needed to do more. And for me, that meant joining Mm -hmm. the system. The system fails marginalized groups every day. And so I want to become um, an attorney because I want to play a role in making sure that we see real justice whether that means representing one individual at a time or helping change policies,
0: right? I know a majority of us, specifically at Loyola, we we really come to that school for a similar purpose because it's you know known for such a social justice um, concentration in producing lawyers that practice in the public interest field. So, Rebecca, I'm curi, um, I mean Michaela, I'm curious as to you know what do you recognize as your why? What's your motivating factor? Continue to push throughout these this next two years coming ahead
1: you know um i was one of those people who have always wanted to be a lawyer you know growing up in you know a low-income family it was like the epitome of success was like either being a lawyer Mm -hmm. or a doctor and so i can't probably up until undergrad i couldn't say why i wanted to be a lawyer i just knew like that meant success to me Mm -hmm. um but I think maybe, um, I think maybe it was my senior year of high school when the Trayvon Martin incident, um, happened, and even some issues in my own family. I realized that like law didn't align with morality the way that it should, and I started to watch people that I cared about or people that looked like me, um, you know, be failed by the system, like Rebecca said, and I just had this overwhelming like feeling that I needed to do more. And I wanted to be a part of something bigger. And uh, um, so, you know, that that really drove my purpose to, like, go to law school, stay in law school. And especially during that, like, first year when you're not taking the classes that you feel, like, relate to anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's
1: definitely something I keep in the back of my head. Like, you know, I- I'm here for a reason. We got to get past this. You know, I'm going to be that person who makes some type of
0: change. Love that. So after, you know finishing your 1L year and looking back at everything you've accomplished, maybe some things that you feel like, all right, maybe I shouldn't have done. Just give us a recap of what your 1L year was like, you know, any highs, any lows, what you really think that 1L year did for you. Um,
1: I guess I'll start. So I just, you know, the beginning of 1L year, the imposter syndrome is, like, real. You feel like you're the one person who shouldn't be there. Like, you're not good enough to be there. And I let other people get in my head, like, a lot. You know, people with their their study schedules, who are studying day and night, and, you know, people who are, you know, doing these different types of things that I didn't feel like I was doing. And I stressed myself out because I felt like I wasn't mm-hmm. stressed enough. Um you know, kind of worrying mm. about what everybody else was doing and how they were studying and what they knew versus what I knew. Um, and I think, you know, maybe before finals, I realized that wasn't going to work for me. I kind of, um, first semester, I started to do my own thing. And I realized doing my own thing worked for me. Like, I ended up doing better than I could have imagined um, that first semester. So, um, you know, I had to kind of block out everything, do my own thing um to make sure that I was successful because people lie like people lie you really really can't um, be worried about anybody so they do
2: I definitely have to agree I mean overall I would definitely say it was hard and I think the hardest part was really just adjusting to law school you know like I have to echo what she said, too, about like having imposter syndrome, because right. I feel like we all go in not really having any idea what we're doing. And so I think that was definitely right. just, you know, a hard adjustment in the beginning. It felt like the work never ended. Like you've always had something to do, no matter um, if you got, you know, you just got something done and there's something else to like And so um, that part was definitely hard overall. But. Um, I also agree not letting, I let people get into my head, I think too much too, where yeah, you see other people like, oh, I'm outlining already. And it's like, oh, wait, should I be doing that too? Like, um, and like, you know,
0: not. So true. You can really say that again, which I think makes it perfect for this next question that I'm about to ask. What do you feel like? And I think a lot of people have a negative connotation with the word I'm about to say, but the word failure. I think so many people, and I I sometimes feel like this too, but the word failure I think has such a strong impact on people and sometimes myself even. But I think failure can kind of be a gift. And so the traditional definition of like, oh, you're a failure, like, all right, well, that's it you failed, there's no coming back from it, is, I, I believe, is a complete incorrect definition of the word, just because the word failure has such a big lesson in it. So from whatever you were trying to do, whatever you're trying to accomplish, what your goal is, you know, usually you're not going to be successful your first time. That's that's just a fact. It's not going to happen. And so the, these lessons, rather than I, what I like to call them lessons, rather than failures, they teach you something every single time you get up and try and try again. So I want to know, what was your biggest lesson that 1L taught you? Um, And how are you going to use that, you know, going into 2L year now? Um,
2: For me, I would definitely say it was, like not letting what other people do impact what I do. Um, And so just because someone else is doing that I something that I think I'm supposed to do doesn't mean that I should be Mm -hmm. doing it too and so now it's like you know like outlining didn't work for me in certain classes and that's something that now I'm not going to force because that's what's expected of us Um, because really what's important is that I grasp the information and so I'm going to do what has worked for me along the way and I mean then I end up not wasting my time as well as
1: Um, I would agree i mm-hmm. I think it was important for me to realize that like there's no one right way like I guess one of the things that they um really encourage in law school is like um you know thinking differently and you know how you analyze things differently, and um you know that those are things that are really important, and so um, I really had to get it out of my mind that like you know what the right way was and so seeing people like one class i i mm-hmm. um struggled in a little bit was like lawyering you know our legal um writing class and it, it really really messed with me in the beginning because i'm like i was such a good writer in undergrad and i was such a good writer in grad school and i don't understand why i'm getting these grades i don't understand why this is coming out this way when i feel like i should be doing so much better and then um you know, I would see, you know, other 2Ls, not 3Ls, papers, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I need to write this way, and then I would still <laughs> still not do as well as I wanted to do, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to find something that works for me, and I have to do it my way, in a way that makes sense, because I don't learn the way that they learn, and, you know, I, I don't retain information in that way, and I don't, that's not my writing style. Um. So, you know, really it's just about adapting and figuring it out. And, um, so when I felt like I failed, you know, I just had to adapt. I had to figure out what worked for me each and every time. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't always the grade that I want, but each time it got a little bit better until I figured it out.
0: So I want to stop here for a minute and just talk to our listeners and let them know <laughs> that, you know, we're really being honest here about our, about our experiences. and with all of your answers to the questions that I'm giving. But I want them to know, too, that these two women, they're not y'all's average law students, okay? These two women were, have been kicking but since they got to Loyola. I'm talking about we have top 15% in here. I'm talking about we have um, law clerks in here. Okay, I'm talking about we have balsa vice presidents in here. We have, I'm, I mean, presidents in here. We have balsa secretaries in here. Like y'all don't. I, I wish I could just tell them how amazing that y'all two are. Like just doing classes, doing the doing the day to day classes of reading and briefing cases and studying for your exam at the end of the at the end of the semester that's not just what you guys did y'all did so much more and beyond that Um, so for 1L year how did you what were y'all's thoughts going into the year how did you decide all right so i not only want to focus on academics but even if i'm just a member of an organization i know that this is going to help me further in my law career or this is what i have a passion for what how did you guys decide to do other things besides just law school, which is already difficult enough.
1: Right. I think for me, um, I knew, I, you know, I felt grateful to be in, in law school. And of course, I felt like I earned my way there. But I was also mm-hmm. aware that, um, you know, as a Black woman who was first generation, I was at a disadvantage because a lot of our classmates have, you know, lawyer parents, judge parents, people in the field have had some type of law firm experience. And, you know, a lot of that, regardless of what their grades were going to be or what their extracurriculars were, that was going to help them out in the long run. So I'm like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to make the best of what I have. And, you know, I'm going to say yes. And so it's like, I wanted to be involved in what I can be involved in. I wanted to network where I can network. I wanted to make those mm-hmm. connections because, I know it's just not about grades. It, you know, it's it's also a large part of who you know. Mm-hmm. For
0: sure.
2: And I definitely want to echo everything she just said. Um, and just to add to that, like, you know, being a part of BALSA, I think, was important to me just coming in. I definitely wanted to be around people who look like me as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think taking on a role on the e-board for BALSA was important to me to all to be a part of including especially the next, like the incoming one else and making them feel welcome and like also have that um same feeling we had coming in um because I know I appreciated it and of course everything she said as well with just you know networking and just doing Mhm.
1: Yeah, and I I would completely agree with Rebecca. Like the community aspect of law school has been like so critical to the experience. Like if I wouldn't have had you guys, like <laughs> you know, doing so so much happened last year that it just blows my mind. Like if I wouldn't have had you guys or you know other members of the Balsa or just that friend group, especially people that like look like me and can right. relate to me. Especially coming from such a long way from, you know, Nebraska to Louisiana was such a culture shock. Like, it, it really does make a difference in the experience.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm actually glad you say that because, you know, this year it's going to be so different for the 1L class coming in. I mean, they're going to have some of their classes online um and I, I know some students they have opted out and decided to choose to have be solely online what advice would you give to those students that are trying to make connections to not just the students but to the professors and just the law community as a whole what advice do you have for them on reaching out
2: i say especially with professors, I mean, definitely just email them. I know that the ones that are teaching online will still be more than happy to have office hours and, you know, they want students to reach out. So just because it's online doesn't mean that, you know, they can't still have that relationship with the professors. And with, I know, like I know for us, for BALSA, like we'll definitely, you know, be doing as much as we can to make sure that students have an opportunity to still be involved one way or another. And I'm sure all organizations will be doing that so they can still get the community feel and definitely suggest study groups for classes that are still online to get. to know.
1: I would agree. I think that although this is like a very horrible, unfortunate situation, it also um, kind of gives an opportunity um, to kind of get that face to face time, you know, via Zoom or whatever platform that you may not have gotten, you know, on campus because of time schedules. Now I can be at home and, you know, video chat with my professor instead of, you know, having to wait till seven o'clock at the school. And that's difficult, but it could be a good thing in some scenarios. So I would suggest, like, you know, video chatting your mentors. um, You know, instead of hey, can we meet for coffee? Hey, can can we meet over Zoom? Um, so they so they know your face and you know not just your email tag. And um, getting to know people that way, like we'll have virtual mixers, although not ideal. You know, just taking advantage of those opportunities to where you can get that face-to-face time, you know, virtually. Um, So people start to recognize you and not being afraid to ask for that.
0: So as we look back, you know, on the 1L year, what resources did you use at that time that helped you along the way? Even if you're thinking of not using it again 2L year, but what really made that difference for you 1L year that... um, definitely helped impact not just your exam scores, but helped you mentally, spiritually, emotionally, just help you get through that first year?
1: Um, uh, Barbary, uh, <laughs> Civil Procedure, <laughs> uh, that changed my 1.0 uh, Civil Procedure uh, first semester grade. Um, but, you know, those type of resources like Barbary, Um, you know, the BALSA Outline Bank, it was um, get to see, like, what direction we should be going in, although necessarily yours doesn't have to look those ways. Um, study groups. Um, trying to think of what else. Study groups and also keeping some type of faith. Like, if you're religious, you know, our churches probably aren't open, but, you know, instead of going to church every Sunday, I'll probably watch it on, you know, TV. And right. Just making sure that I'm connected spiritually where I you know, where I want to be and you know, using all of my resources, God included.
2: I definitely wanna echo that. Uh, um first of all, especially Barbary, because that saved us all in Cisco. Oh, <laughs> um I'll definitely for real <laughs> um As well as, I think career advisors were pretty helpful for preparing for internship applications and interviews, um, Mm. looking over resumes. And mock interviews were also pretty helpful for just getting comfortable in that setting because it had definitely been a little while for me, I feel like, since I last interviewed for anything. And so it gave me a little bit more confidence just going into the real interviews. Um, Also, Quimby was very helpful for me second semester when I was studying for exams. Um, especially their multiple choice questions. I just did them like a million times and it was definitely just very helpful. Um and I
1: grammarly. <laughs> right. <laughs> grammarly too, because I can't I can't spell no more. I don't know like right. okay.
0: okay. But grammarly I put my whole lawyering paper in grammar.
2: <laughs> right. Um also, I have to echo the faith part if you are religious, whatever it is that you know you do you believe in, definitely you know use that. I know I was at church every Sunday, and it definitely helped me maintain my mental health, I think sometimes, and so um just whatever mm-hmm. works for you and brings you some
0: you know i'm it's it's strange because I feel like some reason. I shouldn't say some reason. I understand why now. But at the time, 1L year, I couldn't completely understand why. I'm like, okay, I need to lean more now on my support system more than ever. And I really understand that. And what was my support system was, my friends and my family, but then God. And I I just could not explain it in the moment. But I was just like, okay, I was opening the Bible more often and I'm like all right cuz I I just could not do it on my own and I, there were so many times I'm like uh uh-uh, uh I'm not doing this but then I'll call my friends up and they're like no you can do it you can do it and I'd always be like all right there's people who have done it before this isn't new I can do it but that doesn't mean it's not hard you know but some reason in that right. moment I just could not explain the pressure that I was feeling and I mean, really, it doesn't make sense unless you're really in it. Y'all know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And one thing I wish, one thing that I don't like that they tell you at the beginning of 1L year, like during orientations and those meetings that you're doing to prepare, like life is over. Right. You're not going to have time for your family. You're not going to have time mm-hmm. for your friends. And it does not have to be that way. Right. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, like first semester, we were kind of like, you know, we're stressed, but we can manage this right and of course, things change second semester but we're like we can we can do this like it's okay and you know like I think they're just kind of promoting people to isolate themselves and it does not have to be that way law school does not have to be right. a miserable experience and so we definitely made time to go out occasionally I made time I still talk to my mom every day you know like I still kept up with my friends mm-hmm. I don't created a balance for myself and I created the schedule and like I had to I didn't want to be that person who nobody heard from and was miserable all the time you know I relied on my therapist I relied on God I relied on my friend group like it you law school really does not have to be a miserable experience right
2: actually you just mentioned something that I think was also helpful I definitely went to therapy for the first time during um First semester of law school and I think that was also very helpful and definitely a resource that people should look into and I for sure know at Loyola at least and I'm sure every school offers um you know there's free therapy like on campus and so and that right. may be virtual now but either way it still gets it still works
0: and so mm-hmm. that's
2: definitely something that's also
0: helpful. Yeah and some people I know for me I still signed up to meet With one of their counselors, just because I was, I just signed up because I was, you know, feeling this anxiety Mm. and stress. And I knew that that's what was going on. But I'm like, all right, I know I'm stressing, whatever, whatever. But some reason I can't stop myself from feeling that and from feeling stress. I'm just like, all right, I know it's gonna happen. And I know what I do when I'm stressed. I know I blow up on people eventually, I know I hold it all in. But when I went to her, I, I talked about these things and some reason um, when I went there, I'm like, all right, I don't really think I need it. I'm going to go anyway. And I was just talking to her. I'm like, this isn't really what I see in the movies when people have these breakthroughs and they're crying and all this stuff I'm like that. I'm like, I'm not really feeling that way. And she said, OK, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> you know, she was explaining to me how the process went. And it just obviously, you know, it depends on the person. But sometimes even when I feel like I don't need it until I'm actually talking with her, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how how have I not been seeing someone for the past few years? Because there's so many things that I don't just want to get off my chest, but talking out loud about it. Oh, my gosh. Right. It's amazing. It, 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 it's amazing. Um, so definitely if they offer that at y'all's law school, which I'm pretty sure they, they do at every law school, use it, use it, use it, use it. It's free. <laughs> so why not use it? Well, like, is it free? Well, you it's free, it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. You already pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> you already pay for it. Might as well make use of it. Um, so a few more questions left. Um. I think it's good to reflect on the good parts of one whole year because I think, strangely enough, I enjoyed it. Besides the academic part of it, I enjoyed, first of all, meeting you all and connecting with you two and just like, all right, yes, these are my friends. Amazing. And the people that I was able to meet along the way and some of the experiences that I had that I was never able to have before. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm having a great time. Of course, there's difficult times, but... Um, what was your favorite part of 1L year?
2: For me, well, actually, first of all, I really did enjoy taking classes that interested me as well, like criminal law. Like I loved it, Um, loved the Mm -hmm. class, loved the professor, loved the material. It was all, um, like that was definitely one of my favorite parts of 1L year. It might've been the only class I felt that strongly about, but (laughs) (laughs) it still like just felt good to um, be interested in what I was learning. But outside of academic, right. definitely the friends that I made along the way. Um, I think just being around other people who understood exactly what I was going through and being able to both have fun together and study together, together definitely made the right. experience more bearable. Because <laughs> um, it can get overwhelming. But having that aspect of it definitely made the year enjoyable as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I... Class-wise, contracts was my favorite. Don't make fun of me. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, definitely the experiences that we had outside of um, outside of the classroom, you know, us going out on the weekends, you know, leaving for lunch or, um, you know, just getting to know the people around you who really relate to you. Like, the friends that I've made in law school thus far are, like, my closest friends now at this point. And, um, also, I think that, you know, that there's a moment in law school, at least for me, where, like, I was kind of lost all semester, or part of the semester. And then there was just, like, this one moment where everything made sense. <laughs> and at that point, <laughs> I was like, okay, like, you know, your energy shifts, and you're like, I got this. And, um, mm-hmm. so I, I really did enjoy 1L year. It was stressful nonetheless, but like looking back, it it
0: was definitely something I enjoyed. So um, moving on to actually a new segment that I want to introduce on the podcast called I Dissent. This segment of the podcast is all about um, agreeing, which is concurring or or disagreeing, which we would call dissenting. Um, With the most recent news in the legal field, whether that be Supreme Court decision, recent laws being passed, attorney and judge activities, and etc. So, for today's I Dissent um, segment, we will be talking about diploma privilege. So, in four states so far Louisiana, Oregon, Utah, and Washington they have agreed for students who were registered for the the bar in those states and who graduated from the law school in those states to um, become licensed attorneys with the diploma privilege. Now, you know, there are certain restrictions about it. Um, I believe you would have to have um, a certain GPA. You needed to make sure that all of your skills courses were taking over – taken care of and you had to pass the ethics portion already you needed to have your professional part of the bar taken care of already and so um, I want to know what y'all's opinion of this because I actually um, read an article from a lawyer who's been practicing in Mississippi for 12 years now and she was saying she thinks that this is an insult to the legal profession and I was surprised to hear her say to, um, to hear her say that just because knowing how hard these students have worked, um, you know, and we personally know a lot, the three L's that graduated in May, but knowing how hard they'd worked and have handled this um, pandemic, not even knowing whether they're going to have a job or not and still continuing to study for the bar, Barbary. And I mean, wow, that's first, first of all, that's, that's amazing to me. But hearing her say that, I'm like, oh my gosh. That, to me, that's crazy. And just because she was saying she thinks that specifically um, Southern University, um, one of the law schools in Louisiana, she said they have a lower you know, bar passage rate. And she said giving them a diploma privilege doesn't make sense. How are we going to determine the more competent attorneys from the rest? The bar only has a certain percentage of passage rate. I'm curious as to what you all think of that. So do you concur with, you know, her statement on that? Do you dissent? And honestly, it's okay if you slightly agree with it and maybe just are thinking, well, maybe there's something else that the state could do to determine who really deserves um, this diploma privilege. What do y'all think?
1: I I, dissent completely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I think it's important um, tests like the bar, even law school exams, the LSAT, they don't measure competence. you know, like if exactly you go through, you know, studying for two, if studying for two months, you know, makes you a competent lawyer to take the bar, like, <laughs> you know, and if that's what we're measuring competency is, I, I don't think that's a good measurement. It just tells you you know, who has the access and the privilege to get the expenses. You know, that's like the LSAT, you know, who can afford to cut yeah. courses, who can afford to do those things, who can afford to take that time off. Um, and in the middle of a global pandemic that disproportionately affects black people, like I don't <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> and so it's like the <laughs> it doesn't measure confidence. And I feel like that um argument is much like the one with student loans. Like I had to pay for my loans, you should too. And It just, it honestly doesn't make sense. Like these, if three years of law school doesn't make you confident, confident, but Mm. you know, take a a two or three day bar exam, will, and you know, if that's the difference of what we're deciding, like, you know, I, I hope that people who made it through three years of law school are confident. You know,
0: right. Right. And
1: the only thing that I really don't agree with is that they made them study and you know for all that mm-hmm. time and decided mm-hmm. the week that they were supposed to take the bar, you this supposed So I'm glad I I'm glad that Louisiana did the right thing, but you know you. they shouldn't have made those students study for that long, purchase those prep courses and everything else. <laughs> like they could have saved people that that trouble of you know kind of like lying in wait. For all those months trying to figure it out. Right. Um, so I think diploma privilege was the right way to go. I don't think the bar exam measures competency. Um, I think, you know, and this isn't the first time that Louisiana has even given diploma privilege. It's happened before. Um, So I, I think it's just kind of that old argument, like, I took the bar, you should too. And right. that's not just like your rank in law school isn't going to determine um you know how great of a lawyer you are and your lsat doesn't matter you know it doesn't tell you how good of a student you're going to be like the bar exam does not measure confidence and tell you how good of a lawyer you're going to be either it just measures how effectively you can sit down for that long amount of time and answer a bunch of multiple choice questions also at no point are you ever going to have to memorize all those laws like (laughs) so you know no
2: I 100% agree I can't even emphasize how much I dissent (laughs) um (laughs) I think that like she just said like my biggest point on it is definitely that at the end of the day lawyers research the law all the time like so Mm -hmm. I mean we're all law clerks now like I know I have to research every little thing. No one is ever going to like, feel like, this is the law. Like, even if they think they know the law, they're going to research it, you know, before they actually use it. And so I feel like the bar is really just like, how, how well can you memorize, you know, the law? Um, And of course, like application is important, but like, I feel like It doesn't mean, like, just because someone fails the bar even doesn't mean that they don't, they can't, you know, apply the law. They just may not have memorized Mm -hmm. all of the law. Um, And so, yeah, I definitely don't think it's even a necessary exam, in my opinion. But um, I, yeah, I dissent anyway.
0: Right. I mean, there's already two very important parts of the bar exam that students That most students go already um, passing before they even take the rest of the bar exam um, after they graduate, you know, the MPRE, but then also the character and fitness Mm -hmm. portion, which, I mean, they stress to us all the time, um, especially now after we had to watch that bar, bar exam video as Rising 2Ls, they stress it so much throughout law school about the character and fitness portion of just disclosing and making sure that everything you do for your client, but also with your colleagues and peers, is ethical. And I think if you're worried about people being competent enough, that's really what you should be worried mm-hmm. about. And I mean, they didn't even let diploma privilege... Um, happen for students who didn't pass that. So I think definitely those states took the took the right step in saying, if, you know, you pass the MPRE and if you already completed your character and fitness portion and you're good to go there, then you know what? All right, here's the diploma privilege. So it's not like they just threw out saying, you can be an attorney, you can be an attorney. They really thought about this decision. Um, so yeah, I definitely dissent as well. So um, I have two more questions for y'all. If you want to go ahead and share whatever your social media um, handles are and let our listeners know where they can connect with you online, you can go ahead and do that.
2: Sure. So you can add me on Facebook and LinkedIn at Rebecca Desta. My, it's D-E-S-T-A. Or follow me on Twitter and Instagram at R-Desta, um, at, with three A's. So R-D-E-S-T-A-A-A. <laughs>
1: And you can, I'm not going to get my LinkedIn because it's not updated, but <laughs> you can uh, add me on Facebook, Makaela Graves, <laughs> and that's M-A-K-A-L-A, um, Graves, or at, on Instagram at Keeping Up With Kayla, um, again, that's K-A-L-A, um, or even Twitter, which is, I believe it's Call Me Kayla, but if it's underscore um don't quote
0: me though but you'll definitely find me on
1: instagram
0: (laughs) so last question I want to ask you is um who or what has influenced you the most so far in your law school journey
2: um so for me it's definitely been just like continuing to see the injustices being faced um it's like even recently it's been over 100 days since Breonna Taylor was killed while she was sleeping in her own Mm -hmm. home and nobody's been arrested. And so it makes me angry, but it also just reminds me why I'm here and why I'm doing what
1: I want to do. I would agree. Um, Seeing those injustices, also, you know, knowing that um, I have such a strong support system behind me, you know, I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my future. Um, and, you know, other little black girls who look like me. Um, and so, you know, that keeps me motivated as well as like wanting and demanding
0: change for a system that isn't meant for us. Well, thank you both once again, you know, for agreeing to come on here and share your 1L experiences. I think as black women, it's so important for us to do so because we are really that small percentage, but I know, I know sometime soon that percentage is going to grow. Thanks once again for being on here and sharing your experiences. I'm sure soon, sometime in the, in the future, we'll be coming back again and talking about a recap of our 2L year. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you all so much for listening to the very first episode of Soon To Be Esquire. Once again, make sure you all are following us on our Instagram page. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. And you know what? Definitely give us a review. Why don't you head to our Instagram page and let us know what other content you would like to hear from us. Thanks for listening.